This episode of the Garage Build podcast was recorded live in the Hell on Wheels Law Fran Studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or visit lawfran.com. The Fran Hosh Law Group, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for 20 years. For five decades, the Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company has produced mind-bending custom motorcycles and cutting-edge parts for American-made motorcycles and custom-built V-twins. From their new 10-gauge engine covers to performance air cleaners and exhaust systems, the Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company continues to lead the charge for the next generation of custom builders. Visit ArlenNess.com and enter the code GARAGEBUILD10 to save 10% on orders over $100. The Arlen Ness Motorcycle Company, family owned and operated for 50 years. For 30 years, Badlands Modules has produced American-made lighting modules for American V-Twins and custom motorcycles. And for the last two decades, NAMS Custom Cycle Products has supplied builders and bikers with top-shelf wiring solutions for their projects, no matter the scope. Today, NAMS and Badlands proudly introduce premium LED lighting options from Electric Lighting Company. Go to electriclighting.com and use the discount code SPEED2020 and you'll receive free shipping on all orders over $100 in the lower 48. You can also follow Electric Lighting Company on Instagram at Electric Lighting Co. That's Electric, L-E-T-R-I-C. So you've heard all about Fix Your Lids grooming products. Personally, I use the Extreme Hold Pomade the most, but they offer much more than that. They also offer styling gel, shampoos and conditioners, a forming cream, a styling fiber, and a regular hold pomade. And the best part is 100% of all Fix Your Lid products are made in the USA, right down to the packaging. Fix Your Lid products are available online at shopfyl.com, and they'll ship them right to your door. Fix Your Lid styling products, cruelty-free and proudly made in the USA. By now, I'm sure you've heard me talk all about my workwear from 1620 USA. Here's what you need to know. 1620 workwear is 10 times more abrasion resistant than traditional workwear, and it lasts up to five times longer than the workwear you're already wearing. Their stretch fabrics move with you and not against you and need no break-in period. You deserve the best workwear that is made right here in the USA, period. Visit 1620USA.com and use the discount code SPEEDMETAL and you'll save 20% at checkout. You can also follow them on Instagram at 1620USA. 1620 workwear, made in the USA and guaranteed for life. Hello and welcome back to the Hell on Wheels Garage Bill Podcast. This is episode 46 and I got to sit down with two really great people that I've known for, well, the one I've known for quite some time, the other one I just kind of met this year and her name is Natalie Kleiner and she is a uh, fashion designer, uh, branding manager, uh, all those things that go into anymore. It seems like no matter what you do, um, even if you own a bike shop, you've got to be a micro uh, media company and you've got to handle your own marketing and you've got to create your own content and everybody's looking for more and more and more and more and more and it's just being consumed at such an alarming rate. Well, I sat down with Natalie Kleiner and Mr. Aaron Hartless and together they are the brand DeHaven. And DeHaven is, I'm sure you've seen, if you orbit in any of the circles that uh, that we orbit in here at the Garage Bill podcast, somewhere around the V Twin Visionary Tour, for instance, um, you've seen their work. Uh, Aaron builds the uh, gloves for Mad Pen Cycles. He builds the gloves for the V Twin Visionary. He'll build gloves for you if you order enough pair. Um, and we go into all the different pieces and parts that make up creating a brand and uh, taking that leap of faith where you believe in yourself to create 
your own content and your own product and market it and try to sell it and travel around the world in a, or at least around the country in a sprinter van with your wife and motorcycles and gear and, and try to tell people, you know, what you're doing, show them what you're doing. So, um, and I got the chance to sit down with them at the V twin visionary tour at Smoky mountain, Harley Davidson, which by the way, They've already set the dates for next year, 2021. If you're not following the V Twin Visionary, please do so. They're already doing raffles and, and drawings and stuff for next year's event. I won't miss it. Um, it's such a great event. And I've got to tell you, you know, hats off to Jeff G. Aside from being a friend of mine and somebody that has helped me out considerably over the last four years and been a great friend, uh, especially in the industry and sharing contacts and sharing information, being able to bounce ideas off of each other. Jeff is putting on what I consider to be the best events in, in, in the industry. I mean, premier wise, he didn't, he came off at first. A lot of people didn't understand what he was trying to do. And he's so industry friendly, so industry centric, you know, for lack of a better term, he got his socks fucked off um, by some of the big people in the industry. And, uh, you know, he got back up, dusted himself off four years ago, and he created this V-Twin Visionary. And it's really more than just a company it, and a brand and, and everything. It's just it encompasses everything that we've always wanted to do. It was always a pay-to-play kind of deal. And, you know, people are finding out that it's it's not that way, man. You If you want to – if you want to – pay or if you want to play rather you just got to come out you got to participate you got to be present you got to be engaged you got to you know you got to participate and i will tell you this jeff is the most approachable person on the planet he maybe doesn't come off that way until you meet him but honestly he's one of the one of the sweetest and nicest guys that i've come across in my 18 years in this industry and i appreciate everything he does and and i want to support him in in everything he does and, and so much so that when we sat down this year and crafted all of the plans for the central florida wheels of steel indoor motorcycle show that's coming to the rp funding center december 5th and 6th i know i sound like a commercial but um i really really lobbied hard to get jeff to be our mc for a lot of reasons and the biggest one was because i trusted him and i know that he has our best interest in mind and in you know what, if you don't know him, I would encourage you to, you know, to walk up to him and, and put your hand out and shake his hand and let him know who you are because he will champion any cause that he sees um, somebody doing the right thing. And, you know, he created this collective in Phoenix that collective PHX on Instagram, and it's a group of like-minded individuals all under one roof, all trying to do what they do best and help each other out. And that's fucking killer, man. I have taken on that, that model and that mantra and, Follow Jeff's lead. I really didn't realize that's what I was doing when I started this a couple years ago, the way we work here at Cycle Stop USA, but we've, be we've become a collective. And it's a group of like-minded individuals that all work under the same roof, that all have the same ideals, that all have the same morals and same ethics and same, same you know, stick-to-itiveness and want to see each other succeed and want to help each other. And then that's why myself and Brian Butera and Shannon Parkey from Parkey's Power Sports and Ed Rafford, we and, and my daughter, we all do very different things in this industry, but we all come together and break bread and we come together and work together and we all contribute to a good thing. And, and I've got to I've got to hand it to Jeff. Um, and I don't want this to sound like a, a commercial for Jeff, but honestly, if you're not following him, follow him on Instagram. He's always positive. He's never negative. He's very understanding. He's very caring. And he is the one that is leading the charge. Um, 
on these events and he's, he's doing a good job and you know what, get out there and, and participate and you'll find that it'll come back to you. So uh, I want to remind you to please go to our sponsors, Arlen Ness, 1620 Workwear, Fix Your Lid Products. Um, of course, all of our episodes are recorded in the law offices of Fran Hosh from Palm Harbor Studios. They We can't do this without them. They make sure that we have all the technical equipment in the space to do what we do. NAMS, uh, Custom Cycle Products, Badlands, Electric Lighting, all of these people come together to make sure that we can make, make this podcast free and available to everybody on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Please share the shit out of this. I'm trying to make this part of what I do on a regular basis as a, you know, for a living, as a career. And the only way I can make that happen is everybody shares it. And you know what? If, if you don't like what you're hearing, send me a DM. If you like what you're hearing, send me a DM. Tell your friends. You know, I'm trying to provide content from the inside out. I've spent 18 years in this industry forging relationships with everybody from CEOs down to mechanics. I want to be the guy that people go to for information, you know, um, Jace's podcast is fantastic. If you're not listening to the Fast Life Garage, I'm sure you are. That's probably, if you're here, that's probably how you found out about me. Jace is a great guy, another very talented human being and a very good friend of mine. And so I will quit babbling and I will give you episode 46. We're almost to 50, which was my goal for the year. Aaron Coit, that's a shout out to Midwestern Grinder on Instagram. Um, my goal was 50. I'll, I'll eclipse that. We'll get there. And thank you, everybody. Have a great day. And I give you Aaron Hartless and Natalie Kleiner from the De Haven. can that is the question mic right. check yeah there go. good your level's good and then just hello yes yeah, so what you can put this if you're comfortable sitting back just move it when you know and you can move it during the during the broadcast it it's not i'm not a nazi about that stuff can you hear me if i'm try to keep it like, like uh, a fist away would okay. be you know if you can but yeah so oh and it goes like this too <laughs> right oh yeah it moves it moves out that way too this is a good setup thank yeah, you yeah Holy we cow. We, uh, the technology came down in price incredibly. When I started doing this back in 2012, you had like this little metal box that had all these little, uh, the interference and in it was horrible. The microphone technology was horrible yeah. and they've done so much in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, and this is a purpose built, like I want to say a kit, you know, you buy this and then they recommend these mics and in yeah. this stuff. So it's, it's not so cost prohibitive, but so thank you. I've tried to sit down with you and Sturgis. I know. Yeah. So I have Miss Natalie Kleiner Hello. and Aaron. I don't remember your last Heartless. name. Heartless. Heartless. Yeah, most okay. people just call me pretty, Heartless. It's a okay. pretty badass last name. <laughs> right? That's awesome. You should be like a rock star or something. Yeah, you kind of are, right? Should've, I should have been. Like, I always wanted to be a drummer, but that never panned out. So. Yeah. Do you, do you play the drums? I, I try to play the drums. Yeah, I try to play the drums, too. Yeah. I have a good friend that's a professional drummer, and I... I don't even try. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, when you're on somebody that good, you just give up. Yeah, and they yeah. can do things that you can't think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, drums math, and I'm not good at math, so we established that with high school. So, <laughs> well, um, so 
introduce yourself and tell us what you do. I mean, I here's what I think. Um, I see you at every rally I go to and mm -hmm. every event that I go to, and I know you have a clothing brand, mm -hmm. but I guess it goes a little bit deeper than that, right? You actually build stuff for people or design stuff for people, right, in the garment industry? Yeah, so um, work-wise, I, I, um, my background is like with product. Oop. <laughs> product development and uh, designing apparel for different brands like Troy Lee Design, okay, like their motocross gear and whatnot. And then I also worked for a brand called Maurice's, which is like women's fashion, kind of okay. small town women's fashion. But after a while, I just wanted to start doing it for myself, right? Because you know, when you're putting in, Aaron knows a lot about this. Mm -hmm. You put in a lot of hard work, time, and effort. And you're giving it to someone else, and after a while, it's like, okay, I should maybe kind of reconsider what I'm doing here and maybe do it for myself. And then, too, you get a little more, like, creative flexibility. You can do what you really want, what you really love, what really drives you, and then that passion just fuels you to kick off and work even harder and harder and harder and and work more and more and more like Aaron and I we were cheesing out so hard yesterday at the booth like oh my gosh this turned out so good and this turned out so good and then you know what we can do we can spin off of this and we can do that you know and just started going crazy yeah it was so. like a 11 year old girl like sleepover yeah. party yeah, yeah. We, awesome. we, we without the pillow fight yeah without yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. we nerd out on on yeah. of course some like design and aesthetics and clothing and stuff like that that's kind of what I've the market I've gone after after doing parts for so long and stuff so we uh we met actually at this event last year. Yes. And just kept in touch, and uh, yeah. an opportunity got got put in in front of me, um, um by a factory, right. and uh and I was approached to to make some new gear, and uh, I can make a lot of gear, and but I didn't want to make women's gear as well and be that guy trying to tell women, hey, buy this gear for me. Mm -hmm. So after Natalie and I talking over and over again, I was like, hey, I want you to be a part of this new thing so we have kind of a design collective called the De Haven. okay and um yeah so it's it's been going good so far i yeah. find that the entrepreneurial awesome. spirit like uh there's a you know in the space that that we occupy here with the podcast and guys like jeff g that do uh the digital media at such a such a really good level i mean he's really a pioneer um and yeah. an outlier in our industry right because he's he's opening the optics to show uh, inside so many different facets and when you I, I love it because he was so pigeonholed into print media right and print is develop right. um you know seek develop you know curate put it together and then it sits right it's mm -hmm. got like this shelf life to where it's i think it makes sense that print media has kind of um not gone away completely because i do still like you know hat in hand mm -hmm. but the information it becomes archival by the time it comes out. Does that yeah. make sense? Like yeah. you know, everything is so for dynamic. One, for good for one day, yeah. And then, then you put it away. And your brand on the internet, yeah. like you do something or you do something, and it's like uh, through reposts, and you yeah. can see analytics on it. And you know if it worked. Yeah. It's such. A, it's something that people didn't have before. And yeah. you guys have obviously have the entrepreneurial spirit to see that you have. Uh, you're more forward thinking about what you want to do than what your employer maybe was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just Aaron, you just left. Yeah. Uh, a pretty substantive relationship as far as the ability to develop things for somebody else and yeah. not have that that I, burden to bear yeah i right? had the freedom to be really creative and um i got to completely turn around another brand in the industry and, and reintroduce it um and that that doesn't get handed to a lot of people 
So I got to do a lot. And a lot of people don't do good with it either because you can see there's always these consultants that are in business. And I see them kind of going away a little bit in like a traditional consultant. Like you're going to hire this person to come in like the Bobs. Mm -hmm. I got a a meeting with the Bobs, you know, from Office Space. There was a a whole economy around these people that would come in and not know anything about your business, but just know about how businesses should be run because a pencil factory needs to be run the same as a bike shop. Well, to a degree. Yeah. Right. But you guys are artists and you create. Yeah. yeah. And so how many times, how many times did you do a design, Natalie, where you really felt that passionate about it and it didn't get turned on once it left your pen, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a big struggle as a creative. And when you have certain ideas in mind, what you think will be really cool for apparel and what is actually going to work for your customer. Right. You know, and, and there's like that fine line where you can use your creativity, but you also have to make it functional, usable for those people. And it hasn't been too terribly often, thank goodness, where we've right. had something where, you know, I, I come up with an idea and put it out to the public and it doesn't move. But you do get those times where it's just, it's not received how you thought it would be in your mind. But the main thing then in you our spin off of it. Yeah. You yeah, know, and, and and you make the next thing work. Well so so you're talking are you talking about like creating product A and then by the time it really works fantastic, it's still the roots of it are product A, but the iteration yep. has evolved into yep. what is marketable. Yep. because uh, you guys have to look at what's marketable, yep. what's feasible in, in manufacturing, yep. right? Because some things are really expensive to manufacture and oh, even though yeah. you don't know that they are you don't realize that they are yeah when you're you know? if if, yeah. if if you can't directly like weave that item yourself then you're right. you're, you're you're having to get it through a second party and we have you know grand ideas to use these certain materials mm-hmm. but when you're you when you have to buy a certain yardage uh then you have to figure out how creative you can be to use that many yards of fabric in a certain you know say we just yeah. want to make 100 jackets but the yardage that we have to buy makes 500 jackets. So yeah. how can we use this other stuff in a timely, in a timely manner? Um, another way that we, that we can do that is a, as a, as a design collective, you know, we help other brands bring stuff to market. Right. Sure. So if I want to use like Kevlar and I don't, we only want to make a hundred items and I have enough 300 enough to make 300 more items, then we can go to our other, our other friends in the industry that want to bring something to market and help them with our patterning and, yep. and help them and sh- kind of show them how to market it. Because most people in our industry are scared, like they have an idea to make a jacket, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a lot of money to sink in to, to make a jacket. And then they're, they're scared that they're going to sit on it for five months and not move them fast. Yeah. But that's where, you know, through digital media and, and all these videos that we release, um, you know, you can, you can have multiple angles and keep people interested in your product. I mean, back in the day, like talking about hot bike and stuff like right. that, I would shoot one ad and it would just be, a forward facing picture of a jacket and that's all that the customer would get. Right. But now through Instagram and all these videos, you can get a thousand angles and keep reposting three dimensional different people, different scenes and different scenarios, like different parts of the country. Back in the day, like growing up, looking at all the surf and skate magazines that I looked at, like that image would just be burned into my skull. Like that's cool. Yeah. I want to do that. So that's why I got into that stuff. And, and I, that's why we would rip those pages out of our magazines and put them on our bedroom I walls. still have them. Yeah. So yeah, I went too. through yeah. my scrapbook, and I have, like, I'm a BMX kid. I mean, that to me, um, that was just the coolest thing growing up, right? Yeah. And I have, like, I keep, I don't know why I did it, because I, I wasn't, I'm not creative. I'm not innovative. 
I'm a fan of things, you know, and when I'm a fan of something, I really kind of, I hyper-focus on it and learn about it. And so I, I make myself um, knowledgeable on it, but I'm not the guy that's going to come up with something really clever, right? Not, it just, uh, that's not the way my brain works. And I'm okay with that because I, I'm, I'm like, in a, I'm a perfect in a supporting role and everything. Even this, I mean, uh, when you look back, I was looking back the other day about podcasts and who had the first motorcycle podcast stuff and i can't find anything older than than mine that was a motorcycle related podcast going back eight years you know and i and i parked it for a few years just because it was tough to get people to sit down i mean shit i drove across the country and i have a twenty five thousand dollar toy hauler with all this equipment in it and it's still yeah. hard i'm i'm this you know i'm like hey can you also by the way like, thank oh you oh my gosh look at that killer shower over there. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> holy cow <laughs> and but even trying to get somebody to walk 20 feet and to sit down and do this so that i can promote their business which yep. is essentially what we're doing yeah uh it's a tough sell sometimes because yeah. people it's intimidating to do that so right. but i have this scrapbook and i was going through it and i cut out i realized that my favorite logos I stole the Hutch logo, yeah. right? I've right. used that. I've, I've had this for like 12 or 13 years ago. I just, mm -hmm. I had somebody re repurpose it, right? Yep. And then I have the Rockville BMX. Do you remember Rockville BMX had that triangle piece? They had an ad that was always a triangle and no, my, swatch my, watches. My, my, like, so I when, I look at, when I look at your logo, it just reminds me of Rad. Yeah. You know, oh, cool. that, okay, the Rad Racing. Rad right. and Cyclecraft, those were my, like, yes. I would nerd out on that. Cyclecraft is the, one of those niche brands Very, that, yeah. that, you know, yeah. like a power light or a profile exactly, or something. Yeah. So say, we're probably say, boring now. Yeah, if you say Cyclecraft, then you're like BMX nerd level, you know? Right. Yeah. Nerd. It's like Star Wars so stuff. So when you're, when you're designing something, <laughs> <laughs> here's a good example of something yeah. that I think is a, a fashion faux pas or a fashion gone wrong. And right. So you were talking about making sure that something fits and that something works and that. Oh, yeah. Why do they make skinny jeans in a 50-inch waist? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that kind of stuff. It's like I think the person that is wearing that. Some people are shaped differently. <laughs> sure. And, and people, but. but, you know, at 47 years of age and still right. walking and talking and dressing like an 18-year-old. Yeah you know, BMX kid, which is what I do. I know what things yeah. fit and what things don't fit. Right. Yeah. And we have a clothing sponsor on this podcast that makes a really nice product that I know which of their stuff fits me the best. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I've gotten the samples on that. Mm -hmm. But how do you, how do you, uh, how do you combat that situation from, from your, from when you first take a clean sheet of paper and pen, I'm sure you're, you're designing something when you design clothing, mm -hmm. When you design an article, are you you have a, a a body type in mind, or is it a style? I've always wondered that it's because it, people like wear things style. differently, right? Yeah, it's typically like a style that comes to mind, not necessarily a body type. The body type comes afterwards, and it's like how do you adapt that style that you want to achieve and and make it usable for everyone? So then you're just digging into the fabrics that you're you're using too, like. For example, a skinny jean, you know, right. like how long ago was it? It wasn't too terribly long ago that stretchy skinny jeans came into the market, you know, for guys even. And I remember like when they first came, when skinny jeans were first coming back, it was like, 
the non-forgiving denim and it was kind of painful to wear yeah. but it was cool so you got to freaking do it right and yeah. you're just looking badass in it well then as things evolve and people you know for example like us right now it's like oh but you know what there's this really killer stretch denim that i came across and it's like it's still got a really good hand feel it's still really durable and all this and then you just evolve that skinny jean into being more forgiving and people of all shapes and sizes can suddenly yeah. wear it, and it's like you're wearing stretch pants. Yeah. Okay, so in public all day, but really it's fair like dues. rock and denim. Some people don't. You know? like, some people are just that's the way their their brain works, and that's how if that makes them feel good. Yeah. So they don't care what no, the, what the outside clothing is. makes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm very. I mean, I'm oh, very dude, vain you, when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I you know yeah. I have had two wardrobe changes today. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm laughing. You laugh, yeah. but I, I really. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I plan that up stuff. On me on that dude, even, when I'm, I'm when I'm going to Sturgis, <laughs> if you go back and look at my pre-Sturgis post for the last couple of years, it's like before I leave for Sturgis, I have all my clothes laid out that I and I have all my. And then there's stuff I don't wear, but I take it just in case. And, and then I get there and I'm like, ah, I can't wear this. I can't go out in public in this. Like, I'm, you know, 47. Yeah. Like, I can't do I that. I used like, to be like that. Like, I would bring a lot of just in case stuff along with me when I'd travel because I'm very fashion oriented. My mindset is that way. Like, Aaron kind of, he made a comment the other day too. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. You know, you got to plan all your outfits, don't you? Because I like, was, I called yeah. her and I was like, hey, I got this sweatshirt for you that you can wear it here. And, and she was like, oh, I already have my event, my, my, my outfit. wardrobe you for that day. And I was you, like, I'm oh, fine. Then I yeah. won't bring it. <laughs> I was like, I already have my outfits planned, Aaron. You can't do this to me. But it's like, I can't bring just in case stuff along anymore because I can't. I have I two closets the in there. If you go in there right now in the bedroom, there's two closets full of clothes <sighs> that I won't wear. But I just brought them because I have the space. But I take I don't, many shoes. I yeah. don't get that space when I travel a lot. Sometimes yeah, I do, but like it. when I'm on my bike. I have this like tiny little roll bag, and so I need to get smart with what I'm wearing, which is also part of like what I'm keeping in mind when we're doing this stuff with the Haven. Is okay from a functional standpoint. Right. Now I'm on a motorcycle. Right. What can I bring with me that I can ride in, and then at the same time get off my bike, and when we're done for the day, say we put down 650 miles, 500 miles, 200, whatever, doesn't matter. You get off your motorcycle for that day, and you're like, okay, let's eat, and then we're going to find whatever hotel we're staying at. Yep. If I get off my bike and I go into the restaurant for dinner with our crew, I want to look somewhat put together. I don't want to look like some haggard-ass mess that just got off a motorcycle. Well, we appreciate, yeah, we don't, we don't we ride all day that because and eat McDonald's at night. And when I feel we like, like to ass. eat well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we want to like go into a nice restaurant yeah. and still look like we're somewhat we're put together. together. We don't want to look yeah. like... Just like rolled bikers in. rolled in. No, yeah, I biker, know. And that, you know, that's a, a pink yeah. bedazzled camo I'm glad shit. that that. <laughs> no glad offense, that, whoever likes that, my bad. But, no, but, but I'm glad that there's cool. somebody <laughs> trying to delineate that, like remove that, because that's something that I don't like. I don't. Yeah. I had a guy come into the shop the other day, and God love him, nice guy, first time into the shop. You know, he looked like the typical, you know, now he's not middle aged. Now I guess I'm middle aged, but he was like you know probably Wild sixty or seventy movie. years. No, this guy is like this is a legit like he was put together. ridden. No, like ridden okay. forever. wasn't putting together. Yeah. You know, just has a hat on, a biker mm -hmm. t shirt yeah. from some mm -hmm. shop that's worked on his bike fifty years ago, yeah. and a pair of jorts and like mm -hmm. you know <laughs> some tennis shoes. Right? Yeah. He's mm -hmm. like, I need to bring my bike in. I need this. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, just go get it and bring it in. You know, you don't need an appointment to drop off. Yeah. He came back an hour later with boots and black jeans and a leather jacket and a mm -hmm. mandana and mm -hmm. wax in his mustache and i'm like what the 
f is going on like six minute ride yeah he lives five minutes from the shop you know what i mean it's like so but i didn't know what you did when i got the sturgis cody was like you got it you got a podcast with natalie kleiner cody Cody is one of my best friends he called while we sat when we sat down yeah i can i can patch him in cody hello yeah (laughs) holla um and he's like you you got a podcast with natalie and i was looking over and i thought I thought maybe you were a rock star. I didn't know or something. Oh, I'm like, I'm looking. I'm like trying to. I mean, is she in a band? Is she the front? Yeah, it was just like, like some new cool like Joan Jet thing going on. And and then I was trying to catch you all week, and it's like trying to yeah, catch a butterfly with a with a hula hoop. Yep. And you're like, yeah, well, I and I know everybody gets spread thin, right? Yeah, you know, I get oh it. Oh my gosh, and totally. I always tell people like, look, just. 20 minutes in, you'll be having a good time on a podcast, right. and you're gonna forget that we're recording and that and all right. the stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, Cody's one of my favorite guys on the yeah. whole planet. He's one of my best friends. But I wasn't sure what you did. And then I was talking with someone else, and they told me that you were Troy Lee Designs. Uh-huh. And so I can remember when Troy Lee Designs was back in the 80s. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. It really was – you, you could get a visor yep. for your Bell Moto helmet. Yep. That, and it, it was somebody else's – it was the first time that I can tell you in my entire – like my entire life where you bought – a product from somebody else that worked with the product that you already had that made the product you already had that was cool when you got it yep. even right. fucking cooler yeah, yeah. right yeah. The, so if you had a troy lee designs visor. visor and then he started having his own helmets and then yep. the, he's the first guy too that i remember you could buy a custom painted helmet mm-hmm. that there was a hundred of made of each designer thousand yep. or whatever you know like yep. it was it was repeatable and i didn't know this is what threw me it threw me like what got me hyped when i was younger because i used to roll around in a purple Yamaha jet ski with Whoa. the Troy Lee sticker pack no on it. No way. With, it was broken crossbones as like sit like like pistons. Yeah. Oh my god! It gosh. was gnarly. Yeah, and I thought I was hot shit. You were. Oh, you probably yeah. were at the time, oh, yeah. dude. Jet ski. Yeah, it was yeah. hot shit. You probably yeah. had six pack abs and stuff, <laughs> oh, and totally. you got all fucking wonderful locks summer. of hair. Now I'm sure <laughs> all you had the girls from flowing. Yeah, yeah. After air. right. It's, it sounds like one of those '80s movies, <laughs> like uh, Kenny Powers. Yes, exactly. I was, it was for yeah. president. Yeah, it was, Big yeah. Oakleys or something. The penny dropper <laughs> yeah. version one. That's what it was. Yeah, oh, that's oh, Kenny Powers oh, for sure. Man. I love it. Yeah. So, what are some yeah. of the? What are growing up? What were some of the brands that maybe they're defunct now or they're still around, but mm-hmm. they've evolved that 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 drew you to to what you do because you have a very unique look. Like you, right. you've got the. The color black is obviously until they make one I darker. Do. That's your favorite color. That comes right? in multiple shades and you. And tones. It does. I've, I've learned that too. That's something you learn as an adult. Yeah. That there's other colors other than black. Yeah. There's yeah. like different kinds of you black. Can still yep. give your right. outfit a lot of texture with all black. Yep. Right. So yeah, you're yeah, you, yeah. you always rocking the cowboy boots, or you yeah. had those knee high boots that I saw in Sturgis. I don't have knee high. Weren't they? Boots. Well, they, well, they were like calf high. No, I don't have any of those. I didn't. I they wear, weren't like, cowboy boots though. I, Oh, yeah, I've got, like, I wear these Paul Kaufman boots. These are pretty rad. And um, I got together with Paul, actually, on these to kind of design these a little specifically for myself because I wanted them to be super fashion-y but functional to ride okay. in, you know? So we put, like, the sole on there and kind of shaped the Like heel. a Vibram piece or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, but um, specific brands growing up, I don't – nothing really sticks out, to be honest. I would always just combo all kinds of stuff together. And, like, a really big thing when we were all younger was, like, thrift store stuff, too. You okay. know, like, whatever you could find that was the, the the coolest thing that no one had was, like, the thing I was always trying to achieve. So 
I mean, there are popular brands like Guess and Gap and whatever, and I never got into that stuff. I always thought it was too mainstreamy, but I would always look for something that was outside the box, right? You know, so. I mean, I it was easy. You were you're a skateboard guy, right? Yeah, so it was skate kid. Yeah, I loved like. I've got a, an old picture I'll show you. Um, the Vision Streetwear pants that, oh, yeah. had, that were the billboard pants. All the and, way down the leg. Yeah. yeah if I you was, didn't have that in school, then you, you were, were nothing. You weren't the cool kid, you know? Like, and I was I, never the cool kid, I was, but I was dressed like I it. was lucky. Like, my, I did everything my older cousin William did. He was the cool kid. And, right. And I, I was really lucky. I got, he was two years ahead of me, and I got all his hand-me-downs. Nice. So I had every brand name of everything I could ever want until, like, we both stopped growing. Or I stopped growing and I couldn't mm -hmm. get any more hand-me-downs from it. So then my mom was like, oh, great. Now I have to buy all this stuff. Yeah. And I was very particular. Like, she gives me a hard time like I was a Silver Spoon kid. Like, yeah. my dad had certain taste in all his stuff and everything had to be just right. And I got that from him. Like, I, right. it had to have this on it. Mm -hmm. Or I, I wasn't wearing that to school. Like, But I, I grew up working in a surf shop. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet all the traveling sales reps when I was at a young age. And they gave me all the free clothes and all the free shoes I wanted. So it oh, was my job cool. working at a shop to like wear the new cool t-shirts and shorts and jeans to school mm -hmm. that all my friends would see and they would come to my shop after school and, and buy everything. So that kind of solidified me in like going after more fashion stuff. So I've got a couple of things like, uh, do you remember Life's a Beach? Yeah, oh, Life's a Beach. Uh, yeah. Jimmy's. Jimmy's. I was, Jimmy's, I was, oh, I was I remember that Jimmy's. Was shit, yeah, totally. Jimmy's was good. Yeah. Yeah. And so when these, what, why do these brands cycle out? They, because it's, it's the people who are the creative directors in front of them. People get in our, in our mm -hmm, industry, mm -hmm. they get burnt out and bored real quick and they have to go on and do the next thing. Kind of like what we're yeah, doing right now. Like our creative, yeah. our creativity gets blocked and it's mainly because of business and yeah. okay. when business blocks your creative. You, you, you just can't go any, any further, you know, yeah. you, you've, you've, so is the limitation, the market or the artist The market is unlimited. Okay. It's, 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 it's you as an artist, you have to like, you have to adapt and yeah. pivot and know how to ride, basically like ride that wave, like trends come and go and you need to know, you need to be ahead of the trend. Okay. So let me, you can't I'll, be behind it. I'll mention a couple other brands maybe, and you could comment on this mm -hmm. shot brothers. Yeah. Been around for a hundred years. Yeah. Okay. How does a band or a band, mm -hmm. a brand like that maintain a, a segment of the marketplace and still maintain that quality to where, I mean, I don't have one. I've never worn one, but from what I understand, there's a community around that brand. I have one, and it's one of my best pieces in my closet. Okay, and so they're infinitely loyal. Mm -hmm. There's a cost. There's a barrier to entry, and it's cost, yep. right? But that's an heirloom piece, right? Exactly. Okay, so if we can talk about your industry and creating how, and I don't mean, I really am talking way out of school here. These are just things that I've, I've picked up because of being as uh, picky as I am yeah. that um, how do you develop is it in is it in your desire or in your in your in your wheelhouse to create a legacy brand that has that kind of thing or are those brands an entirely different business model do you understand I, what I'm trying to say I want personally I want to go after that I want to go after yeah. something I want to I want to design something and make something that someone's going to give to their kid yeah. or their nephew and then, or someone's going to find it in a vintage shop. And okay. I want, I, and when it's found in a vintage shop, I want it to be a very high dollar item. Like yeah. there's, there's a shop in like Brooklyn a, that, that like the t-shirts $300 and the, the leather jackets are $7,000 just because of the label that's in it, because that brand only made 5,000 of those jackets. So that's mm -hmm. what makes them really rare. You know? So how about like a, a brand like uh, 
I'll ask you. I, I would think that this would be more in your wheelhouse, Bill Wall. I don't know who that is. Really? Uh-uh. Wow. Okay. So um, Bill Wall Leather, that's who makes, uh, he he does silver jewelry as well. So okay. he did this. He did, he, he custom made this wedding ring from, mm. for my wife to give to me. He does this jewelry, but he's also, he is, he does leather seats. Okay. And he does leather vests and uh, he does some denim. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have one of his, uh, one of his pairs of denim. They're like, it's like four or $500 pair of, pair of jeans. Okay. All of his items are, are, are heirloom pieces, just okay. like MB leathers and, and, and everybody super else. High yeah, super high quality. Okay. And it's, it's that label that you're, you know, we both have had items in our closet that we, we've thrown away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And these yeah. are oh, all, yeah. this is all stuff that people are going to throw away. And, and mm -hmm. it's my goal to have something that no one's ever going to throw in the trash. Yeah. You know, in the vest that you just, that you designed, mm -hmm. you designed the no rival. Did you not? Uh, no, the no rival. I fixed that, fixed that pattern. Okay. They, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I was doing before just didn't function, and and the brand I was working for was making stuff for thirty some years, but it, it didn't work on the bike because nobody there rode a motorcycle. There's a lot of brands that make motorcycle gear. Right. And there's not one person that rides a motorcycle in that company, and they're just copying pictures off the internet and then mass producing it and handing it up to a bunch of sales reps, and then yep. those sales reps are pushing it into dealerships. So you're a lot of people are buying items that. It might zip up and might look good when you're standing looking at a mirror, but when you sit on a bike, they don't you, work. You, I, I say I use this line like every day, but you always see that guy going by to you on the other side of the highway and his jacket's like up yeah. around his ears. Yeah, and it look you look silly. You're like you could have the coolest bike in the world, yeah, and you think it's a cool jacket, but you look like a dork riding by. And I don't want anybody to ever do that in the gear that I make. Or it just like lets in a bunch of air and wind yeah. and it, the seams aren't done properly or the, the zipper's exposed and it's not yeah, even yeah. It, it protecting my, you from the elements. Just my, simple things yeah. that you think of when you ride a motorcycle. I, I made I made a jacket that, you know, I was kind of nudged to make a bunch of gimmicky stuff mm -hmm. and I right. don't wear gimmicky stuff and it's, it's, it's all advertising, you know? Sure. If you make it look cool, the masses will buy it. Um, but my big baby project was a vest that I called the low side vest. And that, that was, a, it's a very niche vest in the industry and it's made shorter because when you're in the riding position, you're in the pocket and you don't want the vest to balloon up or stack on you. Right. You just want it to look like a uniform when you're going down the highway at a hundred miles an hour. Like you want to look like everybody, everybody in like this little part of the industry, like they want to look like a club guy. They want to feel. I was like, just going to say, feel so like it is, for all intents and right. purposes, it is it is a uniform quality. It needs uniform. to be a uniform it quality is. garment. Yeah, right. And yep. so, the, what I was getting back at was the no rival. Yeah, uh, we had those private labeled. Yeah, and uh, that's something that I don't care if anybody else doesn't like it. Yeah, the fact that I've got a couple pieces that still have tags on them and stuff yeah. in my yeah. closet, and yeah. I'm hoping that at some point in time. Uh, my speed metal built stuff, you know, oh, kind yeah. of mm -hmm. is, you know, I, yeah. like I said, I'm not an innovator, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm involved, yeah. And I'm a fan, and I'm a fan of your work and your work, and I'm a fan of all of us working together. Yeah. And these shows, like the V2 Visionary Tour, yeah. and the way you guys are working in a collective, we're doing a collective at my shop. Just, I didn't know that's what it was called. It was just, it was a way to solve a business problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I realized that. Um, having lots of people who have different sets of skills yeah. but have similar work ethic yep. and similar uh, just basic ethics and yep. morals exactly. that you operate, you way. find that those people operate in this at the same frequency, yeah. right? So if you can get a bunch of people in the room that are high achievers yeah. and they all operate at, at that a certain level, you don't have to hold somebody's feet to the fire to get them to perform exactly. because they're already kind of doing to. it, right? Yeah. And that's why I think some shops, and I, you know, I don't know your industry, 
I've always been interested in it just because of I like clothing and, and shoes and stuff. But it seems to me that the brands that do the best are the ones that um, do what they do very well. Yeah. yeah. And they have the same people around for a long time. Uh, Black Flies is an mm-hmm. example of, yeah. I mean, of a niche market, you know. Right. And if you look, those dudes are all... They're a little older than me, so they're like kind of in in their early fifties, but yeah. it's the same dudes. Oh, dude, I, I had right? black flies when I was fifteen years old. Yeah, and it was. I, I had a pair of black flies, you know, forever ago, yeah. and um, you know, that kind of a brand, that kind of a legacy is is kind yeah. of like you said, you want to walk into a vintage shop one time yep. and find something you designed, yeah. Yeah. you know, still selling it for more or more, better yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, somebody it wants that thing. Like a and highly it, sought after item. Sure. And, and I think yeah. we, were, we were talking about Eric Brunetti earlier and, and the brand fucked and, and all that stuff. Like if you can find those old t-shirts yes. now in vintage mm-hmm. shops, they want so much money for them. But yeah. the shop that I worked at as a kid, like we sold those shirts for like $27. And now if I go to like actively like go find that shirt, I'm going to pay a hundred dollars for it. Just, just like Stussy's old shirts. Like, oh, or Stu- you know, dude, I can remember like buying eight, Stussy the, the eight ball shirt and the eight ball like hat TJ now Max. is yeah. like, Three hundred dollars for an it's eight ball hat. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've seen. I remember buying Stussy stuff at yeah. TJ Maxx mm-hmm. like 15, 18 years yeah. ago. Um, in fact, when my house burned down in two thousand, oh, we had to go like we. It, I mean, we had not, we were standing with the clothes we had on our back. Yeah, and so we went to the store and, and we went to TJ Maxx because that's where we could get. We had two little kids and yeah. and we could, we could get like we each got like four outfits. Yeah, you know, we started over. Our entire wardrobe started over that day. Yeah, you know, right? Wow. So you go, and that we bought a bunch of Stussy stuff because yeah. it was it was there. Yeah, yeah. there's that brand. Um, the other, the, I guess the the backside of what you're saying is you don't ever want to walk into a TJ Maxx and see something of yours either. That would no. be a bum out if it happened. It happened, but it, yeah, but I mean, it'd be it, a bummer too. It, though you know, you that's know? that's where like we we want to help brands that like want to do that, but make it cool. You know, right. some some people can't. You know, I can make we can make two thousand dollar jackets. Yeah, I don't want to. Maybe maybe a couple a year for very special Something people. Special sure, but limited. you know, we want to have a certain price point, but we want to also help other people bring stuff to market. That if they have, if their goal is to put something in that store, we want to help them put it in that store, but make sure it fits right. Because you can go to, I mean, Walmart and buy yeah. clothing, right. and then you walk out and you look like SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, it yeah. shows. It, it shows. Yeah, there's a very few brands like, um, you know, I, I, you and I were having a conversation um, that you weren't privy to at the time, but it was I was talking about the fact that, you know, when people, um, it's very important right now, especially because the optics are focused on it for a lot of different uh, industries that being made in the USA, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a proud I'm a proud American, but and and I was telling you like, Danny Dixon gets faulted by a lot of people because his flannels are built in China. Well, you can't get I can't be mad at Danny Dixon for buying. I have eight of those flannels, and they're they're actually a really nice flannel. And I have several Pendletons too that I've paid. I have a Pendleton that's uh, fifty four years old Mm -hmm. that I paid over a hundred dollars for at at a thrift shop. Right, Mm -hmm. it's the the board shirt. Right, and it's nice, but it's it's a Pendleton, yeah. but it's right. it's not as comfortable as a Dixon, yeah, and it's yeah. you know what I mean. And I don't want to wear it as often because it's fifty five yeah. years old, exactly. right? So I only wear it on special occasions. It has to be dry cleaned. I mean, there's all these yeah. things that That's have to happen with it, right? It. It's yeah. That wool that it makes it so much different. And you, know? you can't, I can't fault Danny Dixon because it's not his fault that the garment industry went to China. Went it's Levi yeah. Strauss. It's yeah. VF Imagewear. Mm-hmm. It's 
I hate, dare I say, I mean, Vans is part of VF. I mean, I love Vans. I wear Vans, yep. you know, almost every single day. Yeah. Um, North Face is in that is in that group. I mean, there's and a lot, a lot of that is really close to me. That's that's all in Greensboro, North Carolina. So right. we we just recently lost all of our mills there. There's a lot of skilled people yeah. there that can sew, and we could make something here. Like you can make a flannel in the U.S. But to be honest with you, if it's made well and it's marketed well, it's going to be a $350 flannel. And, well, and yeah, people can't people, afford that stuff. If people want that, they do need to understand there it comes with a price too. Yeah. Just, you know. And there's also, people have tried it. So I don't know if you remember this mm -hmm. or not, mm -hmm. but about 10 years ago, uh, Dickies came out with a 187 pants yep. called a Detroit 187. And they made them in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, it, they sold out instantly yep. and they're a few bucks more yeah but it obviously wasn't profitable or they no, didn't do it well, again they, 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 they would have they, done they probably, it again they probably made 300 of them and it right. and it and that was it it was a one and done kind of thing and and and, and in this industry that we're in it's a lot of one and done and like for instance it i've is. put a, i've put six seven months into a jacket before yeah. and thought it was going to be yeah. the best thing ever and and, and make it and then but people don't get it and then but then I, my problem is they ask me for the same thing like three years later like it sometimes i was kind of ahead of what i was doing That's, right you know or or i get into the pattern process where like i'm really critical so my the last company i was with our best-selling jacket it took me seven tries to get it before i could put it into production Right. And then I'm glad I waited seven times because I was pressed to like after the first one, everybody's like, oh, that's OK. Let's just make it down. I'm like, no, 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 nope. we can't make it because nope. then you're going to have thousands of people that are bummed. So you wait till you perfect it and then it turns into be your best selling item. And that's hard as a as as, as a creative person yeah. to sit back and, and keep get, well, keep saying no and no and no. The bean counters don't want to listen to no, what you no, have no, to say. They want they've money. Got to, they want money. Well, and they've money. got they, that's their job. Yeah. So they have a very different relationship with your project, yeah. you know, and yeah. I think that. You know, going back to talking to you both about um, the entrepreneurial the entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. that, that drives you to go, you know what, I, I think I'm done doing this for other people now. Yeah. I think I'm done. You know, that happened to me outside of the motorcycle industry where I was going to be a car dealer. And I went and worked for a couple different car dealers. And then I, this last one I worked for, they're like, look, if you do this, this, and this, mm -hmm. we'll put you here. We'll get you your own store. And I thought, you know what? I like cars. I'm in Detroit. There's no better place. To, there's still no better place to sell cars than Detroit because they do it very differently there. Okay. And I went in one day and they're like, yeah, we're just going to we're going to move you into the Internet department. And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not. I went to parts and got a box and I went home that very day. And I've been full time in the motorcycle industry ever since then. And nice. it took something like that to get me. Yeah. Out of my comfort zone. I mean, I walked away from it wasn't a lot of money, but it was eighty three thousand dollars a year. And I had a company car and. Mm -hmm. It was paid vacation sure but i was yeah. miserable and so i applaud anybody that has the um the intestinal fortitude to go you know what i'm i'm done yeah. i'm done succeeding and failing for somebody else i'm yeah. going to succeed or fail for yeah. myself and and so well, we, you know, we it both, takes a lot i mean everybody has a lot of failures and and you oh, you, gosh, you, it's you just you keep that inside yeah, you keep that inside so hopefully you know i feel like i've i've, I've learned enough and and i've failed enough that hopefully there's there's less failures moving forward. Yeah. There's going to be some hiccups, but sure. But all the stuff that I have learned, you know, being so deep in this part of the industry for seven years is I, I think I have a pretty good grasp on it. And and I know, you know, just the comments that I get on my personal stuff that I, that I build and every like if my friends like it, that's one thing. But when I right. go into like random stores when yep. I'm traveling cross country and s some weirdo walks person. up to me and is like, hey, where, where can I buy that shirt? And I'm like, you can't. It's just it's mine. 
Yeah. I just made it for myself. But that uh, I've had enough of that happen over the past couple of years where I'm like, I should just do this. Yeah. Well, and and, and good on I've you for doing that. Thing, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I do this and I just had some dude walk up. I was walking earlier and he's like, oh, my God. He goes, you're Jason from the podcast. Right. I'm like, yeah, he's like, I'm so and so on Instagram. And I, I apologize. He's going to listen to this and <laughs> I'm going to go. I, I can't remember. Yeah. his his name but i was like i'm like floored you know they yeah. want to mm -hmm. it 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 it's a little it puts a little bit of, of water in your bucket yeah. right and you yeah, know and, and let you know that, that you know that you okay yeah. just to know what you're doing is working yeah, and I've then been, i'm, I'm reaching been, somebody this dude had north carolina yeah. plates he's yeah. a super nice guy him and his so wife cool. and that it was very cool yeah. and it's happened it's, it's only happened a couple times yeah i've yeah. been i've been behind the scenes makes you feel good yeah for so long and kind of you are people but when people figure out who you are right then you you have that friendship especially in this industry like i've i've got friends in every state isn't it weird that like how that works but isn't it isn't it amazing though? Think about this for a second. Like I was talking, I was sitting with, and I'm going to name drop here, but mm -hmm. I'm friends with Warren Lane. Mm -hmm. And so I was, uh, I, he and I were doing some stuff and we went over to his house and we're sitting in Warren is first off, you know, he, there's no secret that everybody that listened to this podcast and that knows me that I have stopped fanboying out finally <laughs> because we've been friends long enough, but I truly think he's the greatest chopper builder. I just do, yeah. you know, and it, for lots of reasons that I don't have to go into, but so we were sitting at his house and he lives in Miami proper, but he's on a lake and he lives in the home that he was brought home from the hospital in. He bought it from his parents, right? And it's this killer Miami, low ceiling, terrazzo tile floor on a lake in Miami proper. Yeah. So, and it's just this little, it's, it's a smaller home on a nice piece of property, but the, you know, he's got this lake view and we're sitting outside on his, it's got a lanai out there, you know, screen and porch and we're sitting there we're talking and he's he's not like a real talkative guy but we were just chatting up and stuff and, he, and i'm like you know why don't you do shows and you know we're just kind of bullshitting and uh he's like man I, i've tried to get out of the motorcycle business a hundred times and uh, he doesn't have a shop there's no showroom you can't you know what i mean you don't know him you're not getting to him you have to get to him through somebody else and he's like but I, he wanted to get into airplanes i don't know if you know or not if no. you follow him on instagram he's just an incredible artist and yeah. You guys are both artists, and I would encourage you to check way back in his Instagram because some of his metal pieces, he builds these tables out of crankshafts, out of uh, World War II era planes. Yeah. With these, I mean, they're just amazing. And um, he wants to get further into airplanes, and he's like, "But I don't get this." He goes, yeah. "People, in, people in the airplane industry don't do this. Yeah. They don't sit around and not talk to each other and just kind of take it all in and." I'm, you know, it was, that was on the day that we actually, I mean, it was one of the first times that we actually hung out and he's like, you know what, man, don't get a hotel, just come stay at the house. And, you know, here I am, you know, at that point I was, I was still fanboy. I'll be honest. I was fanboying a little bit and here I am sleeping in the room that him and Billy, who is another hero of mine grew up in. Yeah. And it's really kind of surreal that you don't get these, these other experiences are not offered freely in other, in other eras. I mean, I was in the car business for a lot of years and met some famous people and they treated me very differently than people that in our industry, because yeah. we're, there's not really any famous people in our industry. Yeah. It's just, there's just li different levels in the video game that we're all in. Exactly. Right. Some people have leveled up more a little bit. Yep. Right. And some people have some cheat codes and we see those people with cheat codes yeah. and we call them on that, having that cheat code. Yeah. And you guys, that's the other thing that's great about our industry is that you guys aren't, you're not a bike builder, but you're a bike guy and you're not a bike builder, but you're a bike girl. And you're in this industry now peripherally, mm -hmm. right? You've made, you know, my mom always told me, look, go to where you want to go. Yeah. 
and then find a way to make make your place in there. And yeah. you guys are prime examples of people that have done that. I mean, you were just sitting with Paul from Bare Knuckle Choppers, who has put his blood, sweat, tears, heart, and soul, his family, you know, his second generation, Sam's working, you know. Yeah. Those are the kinds of opportunities that I see created all the time in this industry, and we all try to help each other, yeah. you know. I think it's crazy because I'm a true believer that that stuff just evolves naturally kind of with what what you're good at and and what you excel at because I guess how all of this started evolving and if I look back it's just crazy if I were to fast forward you know a few years from say a couple of years ago to now I would never so ever let's do that do that right now two you. years ago today where were you if you go back in your Instagram stories your Facebook stories because um, we can do that now right yeah where were you at two years ago today I think I was probably just moving out to Long Beach California from um, Florida what part Jacksonville okay that's yeah. where Cameron lives my buddy Cam okay and I, I mean I've wanted to start up my own clothing business for such a long time. Isn't California a horrible place to start a new business? Well, yes. <laughs> um and yes. <laughs> I ended up heading out there just cuz it's it's really good with what I do in in the apparel industry. Okay. A lot of the companies are out there and it gave me this awesome job with Troy Lee, you know. I mean that was Okay. killer. Um but you know, it's just really crazy if you look at all of these great friends, truly great friends that I have made in this industry, in the motorcycle industry, because of motorcycles. In two Strictly years. Strictly because of two, uh, yeah, because of motorcycles in two years. And and it's just nuts to see this group of people around us, how many of them are encouraging each other yeah. to keep kicking ass and just excel at what you're doing. And it's like, once you start doing one little thing that you are good at and the rest of your friends in this community sees that you are doing this, there's so much natural encouragement immediately right off the bat. They're like, oh, my God, you need to keep doing that. Yeah, Our or, phones have been blowing up in the past two days. Dude, it's insane. Yes. And, and you know, to that end, you know why that is? It's because we flush people out that aren't authentic yeah. and aren't supposed to be here so we're okay with I making have goosebumps right now talking about it. I'm yeah. such a dork about the people no, the, but, fake, the fake we're in this so, industry the fake people that come in they leave really quick dude we see them yeah. so fast mm -hmm. and we call them on their bullshit yep. so fast and yeah. even faster now because yeah. it used to be fist fights at rallies oh yeah but i mean now that's, that it's really like, happened yeah. but now people it's used like to go the up to people's opposite yeah, it still happens you, sometimes if you stole somebody's design i roll into your booth and just take what you copied and walk away with it like i've seen that go down a few times you know sure. yeah it's, well and, you know i'm sure they last no and but in our industry i tell people all the time um that this is the smallest billion dollar industry that i mm. know about yeah true. right that i can i can't find another one that's this small it's crazy how small it is it's i know so... or can get everyone on the phone at any company yeah. just like you can like mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. and we have something to offer each other yeah you understand what yeah. i'm saying yeah. i mean isn't that so like help. you know you and i have like I told you yesterday, like, or two days ago, like, I know who you are, but you and I didn't even know that we had collaborated on something necessarily, exactly. like, when I walked up, right? Yeah. And then you realize that, okay, you did a lot of work for us. Yeah. You helped us make us successful. Yeah. We sold out of all of those. I have, like, one or two vests left, you yeah. know? I've been, and we've ordered I've been, a couple times. I've been you know? behind the scenes, and now, now I kind of have to go 
I know, yeah. you're going that's, to have to. That's because, like a big change. Yeah, it's a big change because I, yeah. I like I just I like For helping people bring stuff to market, and I've helped uh, quite a few brands get stuff in the stores or just get stuff on their own personal website and help them make money. and And I enjoy doing that. And now I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, well, I can help all these other guys do it. I, I might as well. I should just help myself. Well, yes. And, yes. and there's, but you could still do some of the other stuff too, oh, like yeah. you you do. So I'll give yeah, you a good example. I have a pair of gloves that were built by you. Um, Jeff's like, here, he gave me, when I got to Sturgis, he's like, here, you need one of these. And he just yeah. gave me a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. And one of the things he gave me was a pair of gloves that say V-Twin on one side and DeHaven on the other, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's brilliant. You know, it's like, uh, I'll give you a good example in our business. I build a bike, I take it over to a painter. The painter always wants to put his name on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had painters steal my, steal my work. Yeah. Like, literally, there's a painter in Tampa that stole... One of the highest profile bikes that I ever built. It was in a it was in a rap music video. It's been you know in advertisements and yeah. all this stuff. And he repainted it and put his logo real big on the back. And so there's kind of there's some space for that, right? Mm-hmm. But he's completely doesn't doesn't hashtag any any yeah. work that I ever did just on claiming it. Claiming that he did it. It's such bullshit. Yeah. You know his That's name's Eric Warren. Yeah. And I, he knows that I'm, you know what I mean? That's just the way he is. He's, Not to he's mention always done any that. names. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, he's one guy that I would, that would say that, you know, yeah. Oh, that you, there's no reason for that. No, no, no. no. Every, there's, there's enough room and a lot of, a lot of guys that I talk to, there's enough room for everybody to make money. There is. So that you, some people are really lucky and they, they get really wealthy from it, you know, like, and mm-hmm. good for them. There's, there's, it all depends on how much effort you put into it. Just like my dad always say, told me, my dad was very successful in his industry, and he always said, if there's something you want to do, you find the way to do it. If there's somebody yeah. you want to know, you go meet them. Yeah. And I had to learn that at a very un- – and I'm not shy, and I'll go talk to anybody. Most people, sure. yeah. I'll lose my – I'm doing it right now, but I lose my voice every day because I talk so much. You do. Um, you, you talk so much. I talk so much, I, and I, I probably – people so good at and I have to, But I have to watch people's eyes because they go like, oh, I don't want to know about a jacket she or a vest. A lot no, but that's good that you, you pick up on <laughs> but, that. Yeah, but like, you know, and that's how I got into the skateboard industry is like – I, I couldn't be a pro. I was never going to be that level. Right. Thank you. So I knew I had to go work for them. And then I had to find a guy that was going to introduce me to the guy. And then I, then I ended up working for the head guy behind the scenes in all of skateboarding. So you got okay? to see the so lens pulled back and see I, some of the layers. I saw of how everything worked saw. and I got to go on rad tours and I met all my idols and like my idols would be in my office and I would just, I would do that fanboy stuff. And then it got to the point where it's like, yeah, these pros are in my office every day, and they're just normal people, too. They just got lucky, you know? They could jump down a, the bigger staircase than I could, mm-hmm. you know? And then, then then, one day I just got, you know, I was 29 years old trying to talk to 14-year-old kids about skateboarding because that's who you're selling skateboard to, to yeah. 14-year-olds, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was just like, I got, I, something's got to change, and I was in tears. You cycled out. I was in tears in my office, in my boss's office. And that's what's like I, I had to stop doing one dangerous, sketchy thing and move straight into motorcycle. You know, right. and then I'm, I carved my way and I got really lucky. I worked for a well-known shop and I got to travel and travel with all the magazine guys. And I'm extremely thankful for that opportunity that was given to me because I, I, I got to see behind the lens in the motorcycle world. I got to go into people's offices that like Joe Schmo public would dream to go sit in Arlen Ness's office. And it's your you fault know? if you don't take something positive away from those oh, experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to acknowledge when you're outside of your comfort zone, at least internally. And you you brought up something that was very interesting, and I've never heard anybody articulate it that way, and I've tried to articulate it. I was never going to be a pro freestyler. Mm -hmm. But so what I did at 14 was I had some friends that were really good, so I put a team together. And then I started selling us as a team 
to schools and we would do say no to drug shows. Yep. This is a true story. We'd do say no to drug shows at elementary schools and we would get paid by the elementary school. Yep. And then it got to be, we didn't have liability insurance. Yep. Well, these guys that I rode with, they didn't care that they weren't going to put in the work to do that side of it. Right. Mm. I, I knew that. Yeah. And so, but I liked hanging out with them, even mm -hmm. though they weren't that great of guys. They yeah. were good riders, and yeah. I had fun riding. And I learned from them because they could ride way better than me. Yeah, they make you level up. And those dudes never got, um, never attempted really put any work into getting sponsored. I put a lot of work into getting sponsored, yeah. and it ended up getting sponsored yeah. by factories and bike shops. And even though I was not mm -hmm. the best rider, yeah. one thing that I did was we ran into not being able to have liability insurance. And so I didn't know what to do. So I created a and there's no internet back then. This is 87. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I started a Boy Scout troop. And by virtue of being a Boy Scout troop, they had this other little side piece that you could be where you could start a troop and do a hobby. So I started like a, a, a scout troop that was these freestyle dudes. And we had liability insurance and, and we could do our troop. Our troop had li liability insurance through the Boy Scouts of nice. America. Genius. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if it's genius. I don't know how I no, figured it out. A, there's a loophole around. in everything. There was, yeah. So those are the kinds around. of things you're talking about where I was able to level up, even though I was never going to be a pro mm -hmm. freestyler. Yeah. I wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. You know, I competed at an expert level and did pretty well. I had a couple first place and, yeah. but, but I was sponsored, you know, it was yeah. fun. I liked that part of it because yeah. and to be honest with you, it goes back to fashion. Cause I got to wear some really cool clothes. that yeah. said yeah. factory on it, you know, yep. like some really rad and stuff. You, and you have to have that, that rapport with the people you're performing for and, yeah. and business owners. If you were going in, like I would take pros on autograph signings. Right. And we would give these kids that were rippers. Like they were the best kid, best skateboarders, but they would blow your mind, but they had no personality. And after the tour, they'd get kicked off. Oh, and then they bummer. would get mad because that kid that was kind of okay mm -hmm. would get a shoe deal or get this and right. get that because he would sit there in the parking lot and talk to those other kids and, and understand sign autographs. That space, right? Like, and, and, and that's, you know, a lot, that's what happens to a lot of guys. And even guys in this industry, you can build the raddest bike. Yep. But if you, if you can't talk to your customer base and, and, and articulate how you made this part and stuff yeah. like this, you kind of get looked over. And the guys that really can go out on the road and shake the hands. That's and me. High fives. I'm a mediocre. I'm right yeah. down the middle and everything. And I do a good job. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I put a lot of my hard work into it, but I'm just not, like I said, I'm not innovative and yeah. I'm not as talented as some of these yeah. other guys. Some people like I watch very small brands and I think they have great designs yep. and like, it really inspires me. And, but they, they can't get the, their word out there. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's where we're really lucky because we kind of have this built in motorcycle family and yeah. everybody's going to help us it's grow. the collective like idea help, yeah we it help other people grow so are yeah. you are you still in long beach now uh, i'm in nashville now okay so you're yep. centrally located yep so you did yep. you did long beach for a couple of years got that out of your system got yep. the california thing done yeah and then you moved you moved to nash vegas yeah right? how's yeah. nashville Nashville's great. It's it's much better for me than than what Long Beach was. You know, Long Beach, California, when I went there, I went there saying this is my for now, not my forever. Okay. I knew that that it would be temporary just to kind of pivot with work and the stage I was at in life and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this thing and then leave, you know. When I was working out in California, I kind of got recruited for a different job for creative direction for another apparel brand out in Nashville. Okay. And I like Nashville a lot. It's definitely a lot better than California, but, but, but it's still a little bit too, too like I need to get out a little bit. It's too city, too crowded, too, too much crap going on. I really like space, acreage, really? comfort. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I grew up in Northern Minnesota on 160 acres. 
Okay, so that I okay, so we're, like four we're now shooting putting this guns, together. Deer hunting and so, all of this. Mm-hmm. So I need to get out a little bit. And you like but the four seasons? I love the four seasons. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you can't for someone who loves four seasons can't can't function long term in Florida. Can't function long term in Texas. No. no I mean Texas no. has a little bit of the four seasons, but yeah. they don't have the yeah. even though they're massive in space, they don't have yeah. the natural resources like Minnesota is as a good example. Minnesota's I up, gorgeous. I grew up in Michigan. So oh, you did? very similar, you know, you can go snowmobiling in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. trails. Yeah. You can go snow skiing. You can go cross country skiing. Mm-hmm. There's lots of outdoor activity type stuff to unwind and, and yeah. Lots but of opportunity leaves, for more designs of at. apparel. There's leaves to look at. Yeah, in the you, fall. you can, I love you can the get leaves. four seasons in northern Texas, but it's just cold They're and very barren. Fast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. There's not the there isn't the Mother Nature doesn't put on a show yeah. in no. Texas uh, in a nice way. Okay. If she puts on a show, she's knocking mobile homes over <laughs> yeah, exactly. and oh, burning my. things and <laughs> hail. And <laughs> I know it. I know it. So you know, it's it's just a matter of now finding that happy medium of like where on the map location wise works best for me and then sure. keeping work in mind too. Luckily we're blessed with technology these days where you can do basically Remote anything stuff. from anywhere. Yeah. And like everything that we're doing, I could do pretty much from anywhere right now. We're lucky because we're in a close enough proximity to each other. If we need to like hand up the sprinter van for something, we can be like, meet you halfway. And it's like three hours for each of us. And I know? have, That's how do you cool. guys, how do you guys do when you're talking about the remote piece? Mm-hmm. Like, um, obviously with the, this is a good book good pivot uh it, the COVID thing created a, a situation for many people with, oh, even yeah. with pedestrian jobs and stuff that they learned how to work from home or learned that they couldn't work from home and be effective mm-hmm. um i still find um that sitting at a table with somebody in a room where you can lock the door and create an environment that's creative no matter what you're creating works best yeah okay so how do you how do you work under 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 that i mean do you, do you guys oh, make gosh. time to meet up at a, i mean do you guys have we don't regular times well or? we we i mean you came to my house and now my next trip is to come to your house we yeah. kind of like trade back and forth but we, we're on the phone a lot and it's it's really phone, nice i mean texting back and video, forth yeah whatsapp picture, and yeah. yeah a lot of videos and we and we give a lot of video critiques yeah a whole lot of that you know yeah. so okay. it's it's easy for that i mean there's not and if we need to physically see a piece, then you know I'll mail it to you. Or we have samples sent yeah. to okay. us and yeah. whatnot. Basically, whatever we need to see physically, we can get samples. Of so and yeah. we do approvals based off that. But yeah. we, we know where where you're at on a daily basis. We know this is this you're all in on DeHaven, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Are you are you you have your own you have your own brand? Yeah. So I have my own brand on top of this as well, which is uh, self named Natalie K Kleiner. Okay. And um, I. Actually, what ended up pushing that was COVID. Okay. So the job that brought me out here to Nashville ended up uh, closing down after COVID hit. Okay. And, and I lost that job. So it was kind of like that that point in time where you're like, shit, what am I going to do? I got to figure something out. And I was like, I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start busting out stuff, some some graphics and some brand uh self-branded stuff that I think can probably sell and move and just kind of put out my story and say, you know what? I've wanted to do this for a really long time. I'm finally doing it. Here it is. And COVID pushed me to do it and lit the fire under my ass. And by God, here I am, you know? So I started doing Natalie K. Kleiner right after COVID basically to keep that machine rolling and okay. keep money moving. In the meantime, we had to Haven yeah, we had, going we, in been, the works and, yeah, and getting that, works. getting that picked up. And um, now that's kicking off really big. So, Good. um, 
And, and like this event here with the V Twin Visionary Show, it's been incredible seeing the response that we're getting from people on the garments that we've put out and these samples and everyone wants them. Mm -hmm. They're like, when is it going to hit the site? When are you going to get this in? And, and you yeah, know, Jeff they, from it, NAMS was wearing uh, your new jacket. Yeah. The, the, the minute I put the tent up, he came and grabbed one and well, I was like, well, I guess this is how, it, uh, you know, I want, mm -hmm. I wanted mm -hmm. Joe Schmo public that are the, 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 the paying the writers armor. to go use the stuff. Yeah. And if, if an industry person wants it just as bad, that's great for me too. Well, I noticed yeah. I was riding behind him on the tail of the dragon mm -hmm. and I noticed that I saw the armor in it. Yeah. I thought, yeah. wow, no. I didn't, I, at first I just thought it was you kind of not your standard issue, but I thought it was, you know, like a, like a, um, I didn't see it as you can't see the function in some garments. And I don't mean to take anything away from that garment, but I'm saying that's some of the brilliance of it is yeah. that yep. it, you know, it's very evident when you're looking at an icon jacket, yeah. what right. the intent is. And it's like, they disguise, they try to disguise that in some weird denim. Yeah. And icon is one of those brands that is really, I have a hard time with it. And here's why they've come out with lots of stuff. I've always, I bought a lot of their stuff. Mm -hmm. None of their stuff ever fits me right. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not some, you know, endomorph weird kind of, I mean, I'm yeah. your average 5'10", 200 pound, you know, yeah. guy. And uh, their jeans never fit. And they had a really cool pair of jeans that came out like 15 years ago yeah. called a strong arm. It was, you know, Kevlar thread yeah. and, and, you know, and it had a, like a skull on the pocket. It didn't look like an affliction type jean. Yeah. It looked like a really nice riding jean. And I, I ended up having to buy two or three different pair to try to find a pair that would actually fit me and they were too long. And it's, you know, it got to be the point where, their jackets are that way. Their hats, their yeah. everything was that way. So well, that's, 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 that's the that's the reason why we brought this this small selection here to get people to go test ride it because we're trying to figure out where we, we where we want our size scale. Here here's yep. the here's the issue with brands is um, your brand is all made around one fit model. So I'm the fit model for a size medium, and everything scales off of me. So okay. if 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 Levi's if their medium fit model is bigger than me, then that's I can't that's just go buy that medium or like right. my one of my friend's brands is one of the coolest brands I think in the industry, and his fit model is six foot one, one eighty, and for the medium, and I'm nowhere near that. So like I'm I'm five. So that five, comes ten. back to what I was originally trying to uh, trying to ascertain was mm -hmm. that there's why is there not why why is there not like if a metric a that world everybody universe. No, I'm just yeah. saying it, it would, it would make, be nice. I'm, and I'm talking completely out of school. Like oh, yeah. it just would make sense. Yeah, it would be nice. But you know, like for instance, when the the last brand that I that I that I worked at, you know, they they gave me a size small jacket and it fit me like an extra large. But the guy that they were using for a fit model for an extra large was really like a two X. Like it wow. made no sense for the size scale. So all that had to be corrected. So that's why we've been. You know, this, the COVID thing kind of slowed us down this year, but we've yeah. been able to We're like kind of figure out how we want our size scale. Like, do we need yep. to move everything quarter inches out or half inches out on each side? And it makes a big difference. I mean, you know, we, we want to be able to sell to a lot of different people. Yeah. So we've, and luckily we, we can make some, excuse me, small batch items. So we can, if we have to make a correction, we can make a correction. Yeah. We're not just making 5,000 jackets and going like, here this it is, is it. this is it. Yeah, if we're you don't we're fit starting it, small, yeah. like. One of the really great pieces of feedback that I've gotten from the ladies stuff so far is that a lot of different body types have been fitting in the same canvas shirt. And canvas is one of the least forgiving fabrics on yeah, the freaking planet. Yeah, I would planet. say, that. I mean, they make good bags, right? But yeah, we have, the shirt is cut in such a way where it fits different body types. And 
it's been nice getting feedback from these ladies here saying like, oh, okay, this fits really well. I really like how this is, but you know, you know, and then also getting the other feedback too, if like something doesn't fit right in an elbow area or shoulder mm -hmm. area or something like that. But with us doing these small quantities at first, we're able to change some of these pieces of the pattern in order to adjust yeah, it and adapt it for you're turning the a, of the community. You're turning a small boat, not not an aircraft carrier, exactly. right? Yeah. And so yeah. um, one of the things that you touched on that I thought was great and I appreciated very much is I, you know, uh, my wife is, is an extremely attractive lady that doesn't wear bedazzled Harley Davidson stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, she yeah. owns a bike shop with me, but she's not that's not her that's not her jam but right. i noticed that a lot of the stuff that you're doing was more uh like i said i didn't know if you're a rock star or not when i met you because i didn't <laughs> i didn't know what the background was but you're you don't dress like you don't dress like a dude that's right you know what I mean? yeah there's a lot of women in that are in the motorcycle community mm -hmm. that dress like a dude and that was yeah. something that we lost when we created cycle stop usa i said okay we, you know, paid the money and joined and were part of the Motorcycle Industry Council. And we, you know, I read all that data and I was really data rich at that point as far as learning all these metrics because I was trying to create a new brand. And, and it doesn't matter if you're creating a new brand of pencil eraser or a new brand of clothing, you're creating a brand. So there's some yeah. of the same things that, that exist. And so we looked at our market and the market was the most, women were the most underserved market mm -hmm. uh, segment of the marketplace it's just and they were also hanging fruit waiting to be picked most most women's gear in the in the motorcycle marketplace is just known as passenger gear yeah and 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 the, and the older guys that run this part of the scene can't get past that and now it's up to this my generation myself mm -hmm. primarily is to get the factories to think a different way like more mm -hmm. thought has to be put into this women's gear well, Thought from a functional standpoint, but also for women, I mean, let's be totally honest, men as well. Mm -hmm. We like to look good in what we wear. Yeah. yeah. And whatever we're wearing, if we feel like we look good in it that day, our confidence, confidence is, higher, is higher. And we just feel better about ourselves. And then guess what else? That seriously plays into your whole mindset when you're riding. If you're on and you're feeling like your confidence yeah. is higher and all that, and you're not worried about looking like some parachute chick, like, oh, my gosh, do I look frumpy? I really like this guy over here, and I hope that, you know, I look decent for him or whatever. Me, yeah. yeah, but you don't have to be worrying about it because yeah. you know you look badass and you're ripping on your bike. Yeah. You know, it's that's Everybody something wants to that look doesn't cool really on, exist on right now. Bike. We, had, we, we went after women. Like, like that's all 100% of all of our marketing was catered to female rider mm -hmm. because I thought if I did good work, Guy, you know, men are going to come in and do that. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. I mean, you know, I opened a new bike shop in a new town that mm -hmm. I wasn't familiar with, and we did well. Mm -hmm. What I underestimated was the women riders then, 10 years ago, wanted to be treated like a man. And I have a hard time with I yeah. Listen, you're a very pretty girl. Yes. I would hate if you were like, what's up, fucker? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. and... I don't like that. I think the that's an extremely about, yeah. unattractive characteristic that I a agree. woman has. I think you should act exactly how it goes back to the guy. I don't okay. like the dudes that do that either. Case in point, the guy I told you about that went home and put a costume on to ride his motorcycle yeah. in to leave it with me for three days. Yeah, that's, I, that's very true. I, I mean, I love I you know I I, I love pretty women. Yes, uh, you know, and I want them to feel like you said. I have two daughters, right? Yeah. And my my youngest daughter is third generation in our bike shop now. Like she's going to be running. She's running it now. She yeah. ran it today. You know. Yeah. Right and on. I want her to feel like she can still, my daughters are 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very impar- very partial to them because of they're course. my kids, but they yeah. are, they're both professional models. They're both, I mean, in, they're very, very attractive. And I want them to be able to understand that, that that's great, but you have to be confident. You have to be, yeah. you know, and my kids are badasses and I want so them, big. you know, and I, I, but I, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but what I'm saying is, is that I like that you're making functional, what could be largely attributed to being almost a PPE piece while you're riding, right? Because it's got the armor right. and that. Yeah. And it doesn't look like yeah. a burlet bag, yeah. or and it doesn't have a bunch of rhinestones on it, no. and it doesn't. I I, I don't like the mandana of, kind of biker yeah. tank top weirdness. Yeah. I, it's yeah. unnecessary. The big yeah. thing about it, in my mindset, is I guess is I can still be a woman, ladylike. I'm not some full fledged feminist activist or anything like that by any no. means anyone who knows me i'm s- just simply a lady but um oh shoot i totally forgot where i was going with this i i you lost said that it. you like something I'm that looks gone. good when you're you, on you, it yeah well, I, I had said right. that i i like that it doesn't it's not just you're not repurposing men's clothing and putting sequins on it and making oh, it pink yeah okay, okay yeah. thanks because that's essentially what that stuff was uh, what, can we yeah and a lot of am i, am I way full off of that stuff right am I, now. but am i way off no. on that i no. mean it's essentially repurposed men's yeah. Yeah. cut for women yeah and you can so yeah i thank you for helping me um you can still look like a woman and 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 be uh well put together and be a lady but still have that ability to turn a wrench or ro- ride a motorcycle and you yeah. don't like you were saying before how like it's one um characteristic about women that's kind of unattractive when they come up and they're like what's up fucking bro you know trying to act like some big dude yeah. but i mean they can you drive can a be truck, lady like do- and turn a wrench and ride a bike yeah. and be thank badass. you and that's what i tried you know both of my daughters i you know one of them um is very corporate but she when it comes down she has a farm so her and her husband uh you know they have a five acre farm with horse and cattle and all they do all these things and she does all of that yeah but during the week she is if you've heard of public grocery stores right yeah mm-hmm. she's the executive administrative assistant to the vice president like she you know what i mean like yeah. so she understands how to operate in both those spaces and mm-hmm. you know we we purposely raised our kids that way so that they were very adept at that and that's you know so important. and and you guys are creating this new brand that um that plays to the character the inherent characteristics that a, that a woman would would have yeah and you don't have to be some you know yeah <laughs> some yeah you know I what think, i mean i, I, I don't like know i'm not a lot sure. of people see me out at these places if they don't know who i am i like, thought you were a rock you, star I didn't know you were a clothing well, designer no. <laughs> <laughs> if you look you at, rode up on your own bike no, and everything and your I bike's well, like, badass you, by the way your bike's fucking awesome thank looking. you so much it's thank got you. wheels and shit on it it's not like just like a bike two of them well i'm saying is you've got aftermarket stuff on your bike it's not you know you're not just like oh i'm gonna go buy a you know right right i love this stuff yeah i mean you're into it right but you I have your own like, opinion on it and it doesn't i think if some if someone were to see me standing out at this event and not know who i am or not see me ride in on my own bike like say you know me today i've got this black denim jumper on and my boots and stuff you know they would probably think like she rode in with some dude yeah you know what, what road yeah. glide did she come in on the back look of? at princess here yeah, right. you know and it's like <laughs> no, that's I. That's what no, I'm trying to we're, say. We, yeah. We're very like aesthetically driven, so everything yes. has to look put Me together too. and yeah. look right. Um, that's the reason why we're going so hard with this clothing stuff, that's and where we're that's going. the reason why I brought yep. her on because like I I could easily just design some women's gear but why, why is a girl gonna buy something from me like i'm, t- well, I'm gonna tell women you should buy to this. be honest with you too i mean when you guys develop a catalog and those types of things 
you're easy to look at. Like, I mean, you were wearing that Thanks. stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. you're very pretty. You know that. Yeah, I don't have to say you. that. But thank you. Uh, what I'm saying is, is you you carry yourself. You're the same person on your bike and off your bike. I've talked yes. to you now several times. Yes. Off your bike. Mm -hmm. I've talked to you on your bike. I mean, we, yes. you know, like this, and we're having this space now where we're talking about your your enterprise that you guys do. But yeah. um, it's very important that that the authentic the authenticity is maintained throughout. I'm not talking to anybody different right now than I've talked to with you in yeah. Sturgis and I talked yep. to, you know, and so and that's what getting back to the motorcycle industry where we yeah. filter and flush out people that are not here for the right reasons. Yeah. People come up and talk to us at yeah. the booth and we're, we're an open book. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'll be homies with you for life. If you come up and talk and want to shoot the shit with me, cause I've gone to, you know, in the skateboard industry in the surf industry in the motorcycle industry, gone up to like talk to the guy at the booth and been blown off and i'm i'm nobody special cool. i'm a regular guy like no. everybody else I and just sometimes those guys are having a bad day we don't know kind of they could having, be having a bad day yeah. and it's just a basic to, judge of character yeah, yeah. but when you, you know person. when some people are do it over and over again like yeah I, if it I, happens more than i had once, a guy you know. come up to me yesterday and was like you know i'm not going to say this person's name was but he was like you know i went up and talked to this guy at this booth and he didn't give me a time of day and i've been mm -hmm. sitting here talking to you for 25 minutes and i don't think anything of that but to to the end user it means it, everything. it means something, you know, and I, and and I never, I don't shy away from people, and you know, some people look at me and, I, and uh, they're giving me a hard time, like, you know, uh, that guy's been talking to Aaron for an hour over there. He must be like Aaron's. We gotta get him, save, we'll him, save, him, save him, save him, save him. Do you guys, have, like, a, do you guys like, have a safe word or safe gesture? No, not really. Like, like I don't tug on the I don't ear. Think we never think of it. Like I've this. never thought of it. If you look over and Natalie's going like this, it means we need to come in and come in. I think sometimes, sometimes people think like we need to save Aaron, but I enjoy all of it. Like. If yeah, somebody's investing, if somebody's investing their time in me, like I want to invest their, my time in them. And that, mm -hmm. that's what I've, that's what I've done with a lot of brands over the couple of years. And that's why people come to me for patterns and come to me for ideas. I come to you because, um, and I didn't, I didn't know. So I, I remember when we met, we met at Willie's Tropical Tattoo yeah. two years ago yeah. or three years ago. I, I don't remember exactly which, but, um, I, 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 you had, I'm trying to think what you had. You had the product line out there. And that's what we, that's always, the first time we talked every about. Every time the, I did Willie's, I always brought like stuff that I was proud of. Yeah. Like my little baby projects. That's what I would bring to Willie's. Like stuff that I knew that like, if you're at Willie's, you're there with some hardcore people. Yeah. That love the industry that really ride. It's not like you're walking around main street and it's just a bunch of drunk people. Like these people are, you came there on your motorcycle. So I want to give somebody that they could put on and ride away on their motorcycle that right day and be there. happy. So I'm going to ask a question. I don't know if it's best directed at you or best directed at you, Natalie. Can we talk a little bit about, uh, I want to talk about the private label stuff mm -hmm. because obviously now you're with a different, you have your own company. Yeah. Okay. And I can tell you as a customer of yours at that other company, what I got was complete and utter. I mean, it was like no big deal. Like something that seemed like a big deal to me, you guys handled very easily and very you were very accommodable and you did the labels for me i was just when i opened those vests up and it had my speed metal belt logo in it which is just something that i've mm -hmm. done to entertain myself yeah it, it was over the moon yeah it was a, there was a, some sort of pride that came in yeah so dehaven does private label right mm -hmm. yeah. can you tell somebody that's listening to this right now somebody that's got a bike shop that's in ishpeming michigan or on the other side of the planet and they want to have something that's theirs mm -hmm. Talk to them. Can you tell us like what that looks like now? So what 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 I used to do is is going to be different than what I do now. If I'm going to make something private label for you now, it's going to be just for you. I'm not going to let 
another guy have it. Okay. It's going to be purpose built just for you. So you can market it on your own and you have something unique in the industry and you can push it. I used to have to do take one item and put 700 different labels in it. And it, at the end of the day, it was nothing. It, it was a very special item and it worked and I put my life into it. But if, if, if you've got, let's say you've got three really good guys on social media okay. and they all have one item. It's the same item built at the same place. And they're, you know, seven different labels and seven different price points. I always tell people when people would start an Instagram war with me, like, how come this guy's vest is $700 and this guy's vest is $300? And I would say, well, this guy lives in this city. His overhead for his shop costs this much. His, his house costs this much. He has employees. This one guy just does this out of his house. So he has a different overhead. So you, you're, if, you, if you love that brand and you love that guy's aesthetic and you love what he does, then give him the $700 or give this guy the $300. Just support the brand that you want to support. Like mm -hmm. nobody needs a, an $80 t-shirt. You know, you can go anywhere and buy yeah. a $10 t-shirt, but you're, you're giving that guy because you enjoy his graphic or his style. That's a very good answer, by you know, the way. That's, that's support. A very nice answer. Support. Yeah. You support who you want to support. I mean, there's, like I said, there's margin and all this for everybody. Yeah. And, it, and if you live in an, if you live in an expensive part of the country, then you have to charge more. Like in Brooklyn, New York, the most crazy town you can go buy a t-shirt at, like it's insane. You know, I would, my friends have a cool store, a denim store in the city and their jeans are $800. They're my friends. I want to support them. I go do that. They would get rare shirts from Japan that cost $475, and they would make one color a year, and I would collect them. And it got to the point where it's like, okay, I buy this same shirt in a different color every year. Like, I'm going to figure out how to make this shirt. I'm going to source the material. I'm going to figure out how I can get it put together, and I'm going to make it, and I'm going to make it so I can afford it, and then maybe if my friends like it, then I'll make it for them too. And that's how I did a bunch of other items is because I was a fan of this, I needed it tweaked here or there, changed the pattern around a little bit, um, and, and, and figured it out. But I don't want to – private label stuff moving forward is going to be if your shop wants something, only you get it, and then that pattern is only for you. Yeah. And if somebody else likes it, then they can just be a fan of it, but I will not sell another shop another item. Like there's a lot of people that want my green jacket out there, and the first person that, that approached me, I'm going to make it for their sales reps, but that's it. If, right. you, if you want that material, I'll use that material, but it'll be a different cut, a different look, a different fit. So when do you – so what, what are your limitations right now as far as you've created a new brand? You have two new brands, obviously, because you're working with DeHaven and you have Natalie K. Kleiner, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so your product line is mostly what? Like if your Natalie K. product line is it, – it's a really awesome name too, the way that, that kind of rolls off the tongue, the Natalie K. Kleiner. I can see that. I don't even know what you're doing, and I can see that kind of in a boutique kind of thing. And, and Nashville is really probably a good place for that because there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of stars that live there now, especially. Right. You know, there's this exodus out of California of mm -hmm. many people yeah. going to Texas, Nashville, other places. Right. Uh, they're even going to North Carolina yeah, too, are. some of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's it's mostly at, right now at the moment soft goods, but the way that I see that evolving is more towards, you know, you mentioned boutiques and yeah. things like that. A little bit more of like fine fashion where that it, it's not in the motorcycle world. It's a it's a totally different animal. Sure. So being able to tackle some of those things that I've always wanted to do from like a runway standpoint. What, what tell me about one? Um Tell me about one that you're not willing that you are willing to share that, you know, I mean, obviously there's going to be things that are near and dear to your heart that you right. hope that you get right. the opportunity to kind of unveil that on a runway, obviously right. in Paris fashion week or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that sort of stuff, it, one thing that sticks out in my mind is, is like a jumpsuit, like a pants jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, you know, 
edgy motorcycle-esque vibe right. in my style, but I like to have a certain sense of class to it, you know, keeping it classy, somewhat timeless as well. So like doing a, a full pants kind of leather jumpsuit, but very fashion-esque, very runway, very sharp, very like boss type of look. What's the barrier to entry on those types of things for you? I mean, where, what are your limitations? Is it imagination, ability, production. resources, production? production. Typically production. Um, resources can really be a nightmare just because it's expensive, you know, yeah. to get some of those materials. Like like Aaron had mentioned earlier, even some of the things that we're facing or we do look at with DeHaven is, you know, if you want a certain type of leather, that's great, but you're going to have to pay X amount of dollars for it. And you can't buy a small batch of yardage. You have to buy a ton of it right. and look at, okay, what other pieces can we use this in versus like more fashion boutique type of stuff, you're looking at really, really small quantities, sometimes only one off. You so know, we know that the price more, is going to be higher on that. Yeah, and so does the, yeah. the sort of the consumer because yeah. you're narrowing that field of opportunity. Exactly. You're, you're searching small, small batch fabric and you're like, what can I do with this? Do you guys nerd yeah. out on that? Oh, you're like, oh my go God, you're doing, nuts. you're looking at the I'm rub tests dumb. and the this yeah. and, and are you, the so you have to be very feel. tactile, right? My oh, wife's yeah, going to kill me for this, but I'm, I'm like, I search, like I nerd out on the women's stuff. I'm like, look at this style. Look at this. She's like, no, how do you know? about this stuff i'm like i have to know about this stuff. yeah yeah you know yeah it's It's, so good yeah so does the same thing happen in your industry that happens to every bike builder where eventually you run into somebody that says hey listen what do you want to do because i have the money to do it and i just want to do something with you and then you end up in some toxic you know oh weird situation but it does that does that occur I haven't experienced that thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. when I, it happens, yeah. run. Yeah. I say thank you. I appreciate it's, that. No yeah. thanks. I would like yeah. to make something yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you know, I could make you something amazing. Yeah. And just buy that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I. I mean, gosh, I hope to have some crazy opportunities, but nothing that's you know putting me in a weird situation or anything like that by it, any means. But. It, anybody that does like weird stuff like that with me, I'm like, yeah, we we can we need to hang out. Come yeah, to my house. Know you. Come to my house. Yeah. Stay in my stay in my house. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go eat some food. Let's go ride. You know. Let's 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 get to know each other. Yeah. And get then, them drunk at least one time yeah, and see how then figure, off the rails they are. What it is because I you know I've had so many people pull out of projects, mm. and it and it you know then especially like when I had a boss like hey why that guy pull out this project I I have no idea, you know I did step yeah. one two and three, and after that they just fell off the boat. Really? And then, yeah, because I would have mm-hmm. to like. Pick and choose. And there was a lot of people in the industry that asked me, hey, can you do this for me? And it, it, it's, it's a fine line. It's like, okay, if I do this with you, then me and you are in a business co- contract yeah. now. And then we lose that special thing that we have. Or, 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 or. Yeah, there's something that that's organically goes away that was organically there that yeah. brought you into the same space yeah. as this human being yeah. anyways before. So um, let's, I'm trying to think of like a couple of things. Like one thing that always amazed me is the, the lack of like, so are shoes considered apparel? I know that's a dumb question, but it's, yeah, I mean it is. It's considered the like accessories piece. I was just gonna say like apparel, an accessory which piece, which is kind of another it's a business animal. or yeah. I mean shoes. It's it's a totally different type of animal as far as production goes. Lead time. If you want it to be anything that is of decent quality, you're looking at man nine months could be one year turnaround time for okay. I've got friends that that are in the shoe deep in the shoe game and it mm-hmm. it take a year and a half to develop a sole yeah it's, oh, wow. it's a lot yeah it's and it's a lot of money yeah. just to to put into one style yeah 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 
you know, I've got a friend that, that works on like uh, probably a hundred different shoes a year. And that's how, that's how big their catalog is. And it's this, I see the stress level that she's had and, yeah. you know, just to make a change on a buckle or a snap, it's, you have like a hundred people involved and then you have to call in your buyers at all your major retailers and get their feedback. And it's just, it's a lot to get lot. one thing voted on, you know, it's with what lot. we do, we're, we're taking like classic timeless silhouettes and okay. putting our em- embellishment in it, mm-hmm. you know, like my, I, I, my first, I like how honest you are. My about first, my, that. my first, my it's first, pretty you simple. can't, you it's have simple. Two, you've got two arms and a body. You can't yeah. make a jacket, but so many ways. Yeah. No, but, okay. But one of the things that you're very, I guess for maybe our, how our minds are to us, it's simple, but to other people, maybe, maybe yeah, because simple, when yeah. I explain some of these things, I'm like, Oh yeah, you just do this, this, this. If you move the seam line here yeah, people and you do it like in this I'm fabric, weird. they're like deer in the headlights. Yeah. But I guess to me, it's just so normal. Like you and I geeked out. We just went off yesterday. We were like, we, I don't I, for like two, two minutes. I don't think we said a word. I think we like giggled and just our eyes boggled around, <laughs> like, hey. and we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> just like, but yeah, yeah. operating in booth was like, who are these? Are they yeah. on drugs? Let's stay away from that area. <laughs> operating in it's some like zone. interstellar, yeah. you know, communicative yeah. frequency. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that that plays very well into what you guys are trying to do, and so mm-hmm. the DeHaven brand is the the brand that you guys are operating the the new apparel line yeah. under. Right? I, yeah. I've, it's I've motorcycle it, centric, right? I've called it a, a, a timeless look into the counterculture of my youth. As right. weird as that is. Like, that's some deep, like, goth record stuff, but... No, but that's that hits it right on the nose. Yeah. Like, that is totally yeah. spot on. Most know? of us are still, like, we're 17 inside forever. Dude, I told you, I dress you know? like an 18-year-old yeah, cholo I'm, I'm, I, on people, purpose. People, I'm comfortable we, in it. I we ride up care to, about what we wear. Yeah, I ride up to motorcycle Very much. shops across the U.S. all Most week, every week, and I would walk in, and they would go, you don't look like a biker, and I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. just some punk skateboard kid that rides a motorcycle but i guess i'm a biker right yeah i don't, I don't consider call myself a style biker i think that's and like workwear-esque yeah, I, I think, sort of inspiration yeah and nobody like younger than us we don't call each other bikers we no. just we just ride yeah, no just uh, ride i was on the first time i was on jace's podcast um was about a month after my dad had passed and i was really looking at the world through a, a very dark lens mm-hmm. because i was so close with my dad and he had me on there and we're talking. He said something. I'm like, I'm not a bi- biker. Mm-hmm. Or it was the second time I was on his podcast, which is a, a few months later. Um, I'm like, I'm not a biker. And he's like, what? He's like, your whole life is this. I'm like, well, yeah, my whole life is this. It's like, I don't ride. I don't get a chance to ride. Like, I envy. I know you rode to Sturgis. Yeah. God yeah. damn. I don't have, I don't even, I can't That's even conceptualize awesome. how I could Put, I, I want to do it, yeah. but I, you it know, I'm, a lot. I'm extremely like, um, cautious and concrete sequential in certain things. And my OCD doesn't allow me to just get on a motorcycle and go like, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at, I post pictures of what I'm going to wear and I'm, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so I'm not ready for, to make that kind of, you know, investment in time away from my business and stuff. And I'll get there. Right. Right. But, um, it takes a lot. You it know? does. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of stictuitiveness and intestinal and fortitude. I like that. Like I'm, I'm very to do list driven and I'm very organized, which is strange because I'm super creatively brained, you know, and, and very artistic, but yet I have my Excel spreadsheets that I cheese out on, on my budgets and my forecasts and my, like I say, my to do list and all that. And I, I like to have 
order in my home. You know, I'm not like OCD at home, not too much. <laughs> but like, you know, I like to have order. Did somebody move the paprika? What? <laughs> I had Why? paprika right, right here. There. The white towels are in this linen closet. And then that, no. Anyway, are you, oh, I was I just going to say, are you, are you serious? My closet is stupid. It's organized by color. And uh, yeah, no, it, I am bad. Yeah. Do you but have, I'm going to ask said, you one question. Do you oh, have a t-shirt folder? No, thank God. I have a t-shirt. I have two of them, no. though. You're beyond me. And beyond my me. wife's like, what? What are you doing? Like, here's the thing. <laughs> my wife my wife will do laundry, but I like to do laundry. Okay. Because I want all of my clothes folded a certain way. And I put my dryer has a function where it'll steam fresh. Mm -hmm. And I always do that before <laughs> I pull them right out because I want to fold them while they're hot. Because it gets a good crease line. That's Props another level. That's another level. Yeah. But with that being said, all of that order that I do appreciate yours is to another level. <laughs> but with these bike trips and all the riding I've been able to do, they have not been planned out. They have not been organized. It's been last minute. One of the trips I did was literally the night before Jeff and all of them rolled through town. They were doing that COVID crossing tour. Yeah. They were in Nashville staying at Dave Rose house and, um, Dave Rose, Jeff's business partner, and I went there just to grill out because I live close to them and say hi as they were in town and whatnot. Right. It was like 1030 at night, and they're like, well, so you're not technically working a nine-to-five anymore. You're doing your brand. We're leaving in the morning. You got nothing going on. You can work from anywhere. They're like, you're coming with us. I'm like, no, I can't. I got so much work to do. I got do you all this find stuff the anxiety when someone offers you an opportunity like that? That's very I simple analyze, opportunity. I analyze a lot and I think I, just, I think a lot. I honestly just got anxiety. You telling me that. But then I that. finally was like, they were on my ass, like hardcore all night. And it, I think it was like 1130 at night standing out in the driveway. I finally said, okay, I'll go with on a three-week motorcycle trip. They're like, you better get your ass home because it's kickstands up in less than 10 hours. I had to get home, do laundry, pack, figure out, again, going back to clothes, who's gonna what take I'm going to pack. Cat. I got no cats. <laughs> like, who's going to pack or, or who's going to pack? What I'm going to pack to be able to bring on a bike for three weeks to wear. And again, I like to look somewhat went decent. For three weeks. Well, it ended up being about a three-week deal all yeah. in all. Yeah, you were as soon as you while. said that, I, I am somebody that I, I can literally cancel left a with plan. less than 10 hours notice. I can cancel a plan and feel good about it. Like, I'm, I, oh, I, don't, I, don't I, don't, I don't rescind. Like, if someone, I, I very rarely do I cancel something. But mm -hmm. I get so much anxiety about traveling certain certain things. And I could never, if I'm not somebody to be like, if you stop by my house and be like, hey, we're going to ride down to the Keys tomorrow, I'd be like, I, I couldn't, I I used to be a big planner like that. I, I have I, to, I, I had give to myself learn. distance from, from that because it's it's not a healthy characteristic of mine. I have found that it's one of the best things that I have done as far as making those last-minute decisions because I've had great experiences doing these motorcycle trips. I've put down, I think, like a little over 10,000 miles we figured in the past three months. Yeah. Oh, my and God. I haven't ridden 10,000 miles in 10 years. I have had such a great time. I've met a ton of people. I've had great experiences. I've seen amazing countryside, gone through the mountains, outran a damn blizzard getting out of Colorado yeah. on motorcycles, you know? And it's like all this going back, if I hadn't have said yes with 10 hours heads up, I would have missed out on all God this. God love you yeah. for I used to be to a that. big planner, and then I had to learn years ago to, like, 
Just say yes. If somebody just offers yeah. you something, you Do go. It. Because now you know what you're gonna miss out on if yeah. you don't. You I'm don't, having. You can always so. go back home. You grow and you learn and you'll you'll remember those things forever. Like I know weird things about gas stops and mm-hmm. rest stations. Like I can I can tell There's you. There's this Gordy's on I-40 that has the best burgers. Exactly. You my wife. My, my wife there. is like. Home oh, if you need station. to know where to go, just ask Aaron. He'll tell you like. You the, do. <laughs> oh, it's weird what you I do. know because I've been across country so many times. But yeah. like, all my friends are saying, Aaron, you get to do this, and you, I, I want to do that. I'm like, just do it. Yeah. You have one trip. You yeah. got one trip. No, we only have one trip. You got in one this trip. Life, right? Do it so. all, and if you miss something else, then you know what? You'll make it up next. Here's time. Here's something yeah. that happens to me when I when I actually am able to unplug and and ride and listen to the drone of the engine. Mm-hmm. How long does it take you before you start solving problems? In your head, did did you find that that happens organically when you're riding? Because it, it happened to me when I was a kid. When I was when I first really learned how to hunt, mm-hmm. you're not going to be a successful hunter if you're rustling around and making noise. So uh-huh. You had to learn to be still. Yeah, and then it was boring, mm-hmm. and then you had to learn to 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 get to the other side of boring. Yeah, to see what you came there to see because you put on all this work, you put in all this work and all this money to be a successful deer hunter, mm-hmm. and then. It pays off once and then, but you realize that when you're sitting in the woods that your brain starts to kind of like, I feel like it's like when taking a deck of cards and going like, yep. mm-hmm. yep. and you know, you're kind of looking at those cards and you do it enough times where now you're like ace, king, queen, jack, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you get to see it and it slows down yep. and your brain starts going, okay, I'm going to put this over here. I'm going to put this over here and I start figuring things yeah. out. And it's been so long since I've been on a good long motorcycle ride to where Oh, it's the ultimate. I figure things out. Yeah. I get to figure, like, when I, I'm always out riding because I'm testing new stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's how I, I figure out the problems with the jacket or the vest or whatever else, or the glove. You know, like, I was working on a heated glove for a while, and the position, mm-hmm. people make a lot of heated gloves, but the position of the on-off mm-hmm. switch on it, you know, if you're, it's yep. easy to put it on top, but if you're riding at night with heated gloves, and you get that bright red LED yeah. Just blaring back in your face, it's very distracting. Sure. You know, like you need like just that's how I problem solve certain stuff. Moving zippers around, fixing the, the collars, yep. you know, making sure the like if it's a vest, the armhole is at a certain length, a certain depth, so it doesn't fill up with air and the back doesn't parachute. You only get that kind of stuff when you when you get to go yes. ride for a long time. You can go yes. try on a jacket and ride around the block and come back and be like, Yeah, I'm putting this into production. And it sucks. You it's can't the worst do it. Thing you have to go ride else. day yeah. and night. To figure these things out. I've come up with multiple ideas. Part of one of our freak out sessions we had yesterday. I was talking about when we were communicating on a different frequency. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have come up with so many different ideas of product that I want to put out from being on these trips that I just did in these past three months. So many different ideas. Like your little special cuff and Sturgis on the bottom of your pants. Yes. Yeah. Weird stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome. It's, I mean, and the amount of ideas is endless. Like, I'll think of things, and I'll have to, like, at the next gas stop, write it down on my phone so I don't forget. I'll be sitting at home at at the dinner table. Like, I I have to get work done, and I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So my wife just goes, just go ride. Mm -hmm. Then I come back, and I'll sketch out the weirdest stuff for the next two hours. Like, you have to have, you have to go find that happy place. For me, it used to be when I grew up living at the beach, like just go out and go surf. And right. just, I would clear my head and think about everything and have my own mental meeting for hours and hours and hours. And now, you know, like, if I go sit at a desk, phew, shoot me in the head. Like, I don't want to be I at this desk at all. 
I want to, I want to go, I got to figure it out as I'm doing the activity that I'm trying to yeah, design I'm a, for. I'm a hands-on kind of a, a visual learner yeah. and, and I'm tactile. So. Yeah. These guys that are building motors, they can do it like on a CAD or they can draw it out or do all the math on a calculator, but you don't do it until you start. You don't the develop metal. the feel yeah. uh, of, of how the parts interfere. Yeah. You know the interference of the parts. It's like it's what is it tactile? It's yeah, it's tactile. Yeah, where it's very to, hands on. You have to get all that stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so where can we find you at on social media, Natalie? Uh, Natalie K Kleiner is my Instagram. Okay, you can find me there. And then is there, you have your own for Dehaven plus yeah, your, your own it's, personal. It's the Dehaven. That's where you can find our, our business venture. And uh, my personal is a heartless. So. Aaron has no heart. Aaron has no heart. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this. I've thank been trying to wrangle you for you. a couple weeks I know, now, right? And I felt so <laughs> no, bad. Don't that feel it bad, didn't honestly. Sturgis, but it, you know, it, well, gosh. it's 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 creepy to hey, can can you go? In, I just met you, but can yeah. you come hey, can over you my come trailer? Can you my toy hauler with me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll be right sure, there. Let me right? grab my shanker real quick. Well, I'm hoping um, <laughs> this is the first iteration of a mobile studio, and we're going to build a purpose-built one that's a more soundproof and more like. Purpose built, yeah. a little I think more comfortable. The rumble in this of the area. motorcycle coming through. If that it comes through real. in this from the background outside, that's going to be. I, was, some, I smiled. I was like, I oh, hope that comes. Some through. auditory ambiance. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank yeah. you both for doing this yeah, for thank me. Thank you I appreciate so much. So much. For and I wish you us. all the best. Thank you. And uh, Aaron, you and I have to come together on a couple of things because there's. A, I have some ideas too that I want to have done. And now yeah. that I know that you're doing the private label stuff again, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, thanks much. All right. Thank you. All right. Listening to the Hour Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening.